talk about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. I'm Jamie, and today we have. Uh, some friends of mine talking about the no friends rule um i guess uh different friends have different rules when it comes to um sleeping with someone that their friend has slept with um so we talk about that for a bit uh we also have a story that i have been dreading to tell since starting the podcast about my about my balls um and uh yeah that's that'll be uh weird and um we are talking to the amazing mistress alice um all about her life and very interesting career um yeah i hope you enjoy it it's gonna be a good one let us know what you think on instagram at let's talk about sex jamie all that stuff and yeah have fun love you bye so hannah Mm -hmm. you are a a field veteran. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Millie, you have a sex blog. Yes. You two make quite a good pair, actually. We're quite sexually deviant friends. Yeah. 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 Which is why I wanted to talk about this. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. The, the no friends rule. So some people, when they're seeing people or they're sleeping with someone, i.e. me and you were sleeping together, Hannah, mm-hmm. Um, have a rule of when they when they acknowledge that like either one of them can uh, sleep with other people, they have a, a sort of unspoken rule almost to not sleep with the other person's friends, which I think is fair enough, right? Yeah, mm. makes sense. You know, yeah. not in your own backyard, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but you, well, maybe you should you should tell it. Well. <laughs> Where do I start from now? <laughs> oh, no, I mean, in terms of, like, with you guys, it was, I don't know, because we'd made two attempts. You and I, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. And like... Failed, two failed attempts. Two failed attempts. But we're, we were both, we were pulled with each other, so then when, obviously, this, the story... So, hold on, you, so you said, you said, I know someone who's your type. Yeah. I was like, I, well, yeah, I knew straight away, because from, like, the girls that you were sending me from when we were trying to, like, arrange... A girl Threesome. pile or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the girls you're sending me. I remember. Yeah, no, you did come up. I was just like, it was like quite like, similar to them. Well, I mean, like, I mean, we were constantly <laughs> making creepy. jokes and references of uh, skinny white girl. Yeah, and then I was just you're like, like, I know oh, a yeah. skinny white girl. So that's <laughs> thing. So when you said that, so when you said that, you're like, I know someone that you might like. Mm. I assumed that meant like you know of someone that I might like. You, mm. you vaguely know someone. You didn't who assume. You were, oh, you I didn't. Together. I didn't. Yeah. No, and then it turned out that you guys are basically best friends, like your housemates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's a kind of. I kind of played it down that way for sure. Yeah. Definitely. So that. So for you, that broke. That not that there was a rule. I mean, we already spoke about there being a rule, but for you, that would have broken the no friends rule. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I didn't even really think of it at that point. We were like, quite. So in the beginning, um, before we even met Jamie, we were well, quite yeah. like, we're happy to share. I was saying, you know when you're like a child and you've got a toy and then your <laughs> sibling takes that toy and you're like, that's mine. But your parents are like, if you're not playing with it right now, your siblings can have it. <laughs> You've learned to share. Was like, we're, so you saw we're that as other, boy, as, yeah. as other boys' penises. If you're not yeah. using it right now, <laughs> share. 
You can have it. Okay. Yeah, I was like, we're raced, right? We can so share. We can do this. We, can... we work quite well together. Okay. We, can, we can have a boy toy. So to you then, the no, like the no friends thing doesn't really apply then. You're happy to just... Again, yeah, with race. me it's... I mean, I think this is for another topic, but with me it's quite... This whole thing is quite new. Like, I'm comfortable doing it, which is really weird. What, what thing? Like, in terms of being really open, like, sexually. Okay. But, like, I just it didn't yeah. cross my mind of no friends. I was like, yeah, no, this could work. That's fine. I'm not mm. fussed. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> no time for drama. Whatever. <laughs> I guess it helped. Quite relaxed. It helped that we didn't have very good sex. That's yeah. <laughs> Probably that yeah. as well. So but think, we got along. So that's interesting. Do you think that if we'd have hit it off, if we had, like, a great time... And it would have been, you know... It, Maybe. Like, do you think you wouldn't have done you that? You wouldn't have recommended him to me. <laughs> Was it a recommendation? <laughs> you can recommend people on Tinder. Yeah. Do you no, know? Yeah, yeah. I did not know this. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's my housemates all the time. It's great. Yeah, Hannah and I really want to do it to each other, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> recommend, but there's not, like, one on field. You don't have Tinder. Yeah, I find Tinder boring, but, yeah. Back in, back yeah. in track to what you Sorry. said, though. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like, I think it probably would have been different. I might might not have recommended, or I might have done. I, I really can't tell. But if it was a thing, if I say the sex was great and I did recommend, there could be. I don't know how it'd go, but like, there's definitely potential that I would have been like, yeah, oh. I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably. That's interesting. So that maybe that's where the line is then. The, if you've got like a good connection, if you have bad stuff, sex, yeah. then that's fine. Pass it on. You can have him. <laughs> I don't want him. Hi, pretty. <laughs> yeah, you were you were pretty sort of um, like recycled secondhand, secondhand fuck. Yeah, well, that turned out no, but you know one what? man's rubbish. It's not <laughs> man's rubbish. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so. We were talking about uh, you. Are, you like to ask guys if they like their balls touched. Yes. Yeah. I find the balls a sensitive area. Yeah. For some guys. Does it split people down the middle? It's like some guys like it, some guys don't. Some guys like a bit of a tickle. Some guys <laughs> like a bit of a tug. Some guys are all for it to go there, and some guys go no, just don't touch them at all. Yeah. So you kind of have to. You don't have to ask, but I think it's polite. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Good etiquette. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Okay. Uh, so I. I have a bit of a story in that mm-hmm. area. So I usually have to try and slip this story into a date. Slip it in, eh? <laughs> God, that was the wrong choice of word. <laughs> so if I'm, on a date, if I'm on a date with someone that I think I might have sex with, I need to try and tell this story as a kind of heads up, don't do this when we have sex kind of thing. Oh, wow. Okay, you've got a strategy so, in place. Okay. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Sometimes I forget to tell a story and it usually ends in disaster. But, uh, Is that why you're telling me this story now? <laughs> Just double checking. Part of the strategy. Oh, wow. Um, so, basically, when I was young, I was on a trampoline with my friend. When I say young, I was like 13. So, mm-hmm. like, where you're, like, still play fighting with friends and it's, yeah, it's fine. So, I was on trampoline with my friend and basically we were both jumping and we landed, like, next to each other and his leg landed on my, like... Balls. Balls, basically, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, hurt a lot. Basically, just been kicked in the balls really hard. Um, I passed out from the pain. <laughs> yeah, real bad, real embarrassing. <laughs> right. Uh, my friend went home. <laughs> I he woke left up. you in the playground. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I 
I went and got in the bath because my balls hurt so much. I was like, if I get in the bath, it'll be like suspended and it won't, won't yeah, hurt so much, of course. right? Yeah. So I did that. You didn't need to ice them? I was panicking, all right? I was 13. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you tell the story. Sorry. <laughs> Keep the balls, go on. Yeah. So I was in the bath and I passed out in the bath again from the pain. Um, it's pretty bad. And then I woke up a while later with my dad like banging on the door because he had to use the toilet. So I got up and I was like, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's okay. It's just, it's passed. It's fine. And I got out of the bath. I stood up, went to like put a towel on to let my dad in kind of thing. Looked down at my ball to just make sure it was okay. And I genuinely saw it like expand quite quickly to about the size of like, what's that? A grapefruit? A grapefruit, yeah. To about the size of a grapefruit. Shat myself. Like, it was fucking scary, man. I jumped straight in the bath. Anyway, uh, it then stayed like that for a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it was a traumatizing childhood story, but fuck me, that's funny. It was bright purple as well. It was quite shiny. I remember that. Oh, wow. Mm. So, what did the doctor say? So, I didn't go to the doctor's because I was too embarrassed. I was a 13 year old. You did not tell your parents? I told my parents. My dad laughed at me for two weeks straight. <laughs> I like your dad already. Yeah, yeah. I would have laughed at you too. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would laugh at me. Um, so I ended up being in loads of pain for ages and I ended up going to the doctor. Right. Who sent me to the hospital. I had to get an ultrasound. Ultrasound. Ultrasound mm-hmm. on my ball. So like, you know, what they do for pregnant women. To yeah, find yeah, out yeah a little cold gel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On my ball. Um, they said it was some kind of blood clot or something. I can't remember. Oh, right. Okay, so it's built up then. Yeah, 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 basically. Um, and yeah, so I, you got to think about your balls then. Yeah, basically. So that's the end of the story. So I, I had my ultrasound, they said it was a, a blood clot, whatever. Yeah. My dad came in with me and they were like, yeah, it's a blood clot. It'll go away. Don't worry. He's like, okay, cool. Take these pills. It was like a blood thinning thing. It'll be fine. So I, like, cool. And then my dad left, walked out of the room and the doctor went, Jamie, come back. And like brought me back in and was like, uh, sounds like a beginning so, to porno. Yeah. So he was like, so, um, I was 13 at this point, remember? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if you do this or not, but if you do, masturbating might help this. So like, okay, thanks. Really embarrassed. Okay, thanks, doctor. Did you masturbate at this point then? Had you done that before? Uh, yeah, I'd done it before, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I hadn't done it since my board had gone big. Like, yeah, yeah. It hurt too much, but yeah. Um, so I sort of walked, like, got, went home thinking like, oh, I got uh, like doctor's orders to have a wank. Went home. Had a wank and it was it was great actually when I came it felt great because it was like a lot of pressure was relieved from, mm. I guess from the blood clot but I did come blood that was a bit scary yeah it might be the scariest moment of my teenage I, years I can imagine that it would help because like obviously you've built up for two weeks so you need to kind of release it yeah it helped a little bit and I took the pills and it went down it's fine so hold on so why why do you tell this story so it went away but the pain stayed there so the pain oh. has stayed it stayed there for years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it still hurts. Um, and I went to the doctor, and it was hurting all the time. I kept going to the doctor saying, like, it hurts, like, and he kept, like, touching me up. Every time it was really embarrassing. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I know, I get it. When I was trying to, like, a doctor's finger up my bum because I had to feel around, I get it. Nice. Okay. It's embarrassing. Cool. Yeah, it's shit. Mm. It's shit. Definitely shit. Yeah. It should be in your case. Yeah. It's real shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and uh, I kept going back, just like, fuck, it hurts. And I, I went back to him, I was like, I want you to cut it off. Cut it off, give me a fake one, because it hurts so much. And uh, the doctor looked me in the eyes and said, if you come back again and ask me that, I will cut it off. 
oh, we'll make it happen. I'll bring you to hospital, we'll cut it off, we'll give you a fake one, that's fine. If you ask me more time, he's like, but we need to go home and we need to try and forget the pain. Just try and live your life. And I was like, okay, that's weird advice. And I went home and just coincidentally, I was reading a Darren Brown book about mm-hmm. uh, hypnosis. And it's called Darren Brown Tricks of the Mind. Everyone should read it. It's really interesting. It teaches right. you like how your brain works. It's cool. Um, and he talks about hypnosis and how like it's and like placebo effect and stuff like that and how mm-hmm. you can dodge a lot of pain just by thinking a different way and uh, yeah long story short I ended up like forgetting it and I just forget the pain but it always hurts it constantly hurts so oh, whenever, wow. I tell, whenever I tell this story now I hurt I hurt now because uh, but don't, don't they haven't they looked at what it is though because it shouldn't hurt that long well, after, so I was, surely yeah I was seeing a doctor not long ago like a sleeper doctor and she said like oh it might be this I should probably go get checked out it's not it's not bad it's just like I think she called it like trauma. Ah, so it's something that just a means trauma in your balls. Trauma, yeah. Like so, what trauma. you don't like they're being touched at all? I'm guessing. So I. That, so the reason I have to try and like wriggle this in to dates is. Um, I mean, it's a good story. It's a fun story. I like telling it. People like laughing at me about it. Um, is uh, yeah, basically, if if someone's too rough with my right ball, it it's not good. I can't walk for a, a day if they, if they yank it the wrong way I can't walk probably um, so yeah I try and like wriggle it in traumatised yeah but that's what I mean you never know yeah the balls are like I, I, honestly I think the balls are probably the equivalent of the clit no mm. actually the top of the penises I guess but it's just it's not for everyone yeah I mean I, it's I important think it's, to know though I think I think it's good to ask I think people will go you know you get those awkward conversations when you're young and they go you have to talk about you know communicate in the bedroom yeah. and all you think is shit how the fuck am I going to tell the person I'm with that I like this because yeah. you're young and you don't know but actually now I find it that's not that embarrassing anymore so you can go look I don't like it when you pull my left nipple or <laughs> you know suck my right toe whatever <laughs> it is yeah none of those relate to me by the way as examples <laughs> For the crowd, um, <laughs> but I think you can say that now, mm. which is why I like to ask. So like, it won't be a let's sit down together, have a cup of tea. It's yeah. more of a look. I'm gonna get on now. Do you want me to? Do you mind if I play with the balls? Yeah, it's inter- it's, it's it's good to communicate, I guess. Hello, Jamie. So we're sat in a real interesting hotel room. Very ridiculous, yes. (laughs) It's like, I mean, how would you describe this room? Um, It's very tackily Victorian. (laughs) Um, Very expensive looking, but like trying really hard to be expensive looking. Yeah. I think Um, I summarized it quite well earlier when I said if my nan was given a blank check to design a hotel room, it's exactly what it looked like. She'd think it'd be classy, but it's actually kind of. Yeah. It's a little much, yeah. It's a little campy. It's a bit um it's a bit of vampire. A lot of yeah. There are velvet yeah. lampshades. There are velvet lampshades. <laughs> um there's a gold curtain over the bed. There's too much gold for my liking actually. Yeah. But But yeah. Okay, so why are we in a super fancy hotel room um, in South Kensington? A great question. We are here because I am a dominatrix on tour and mm-hmm. professional sessions tend to be a bit campy. <laughs> and I figured the decor of this room would lend itself well to Men getting beaten, bris- yeah, getting beaten mercilessly by me. Nice. Okay. So, dominatrix on tour. What's mm-hmm. the on tour part mean? The on tour part just means that one of the major perks of the job 
which is a bit dangerous, but it's fine. Uh, basically, anywhere you go, you can advertise and get clients. So you can basically make money anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also kind of fun getting a bit of a Pokedex for S&M. Like, <laughs> seeing how it differs in, like, Berlin versus Japan versus oh, okay. New York. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So, like, every kind of nationality. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then sometimes you go and, like, there's no scene at all, which is fine. Like, right. I mean, there's also kind of something interesting there that I'm like, what brings this to these countries and not these... Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back. Yes. So, Dominatrix, can you yes. describe what you do? Um, in a sentence in a sentence um taking control over men either in a theatrical session to session basis or in a lifestyle almost life coaching basis okay um so it ranges between people who i will have one-off sessions with and that's just kind of fun it's almost like role play for an hour and then they pay you to leave um sometimes you have ongoing session clients so you only see them when like you're on paid time but you Mm -hmm. see them every week or every few weeks or whatever um, and then there are also like 24-7 lifestyle slaves, which are my personal favorite, um, which are men who you have on a contractual agreement that you literally own their life. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you sent me uh, one of your... Slave slave, blog. Slave yes. blogs, yeah. Um, so I had kind of an insight into that. Um, so, so just quickly, would you say that, before we get into that, would you yes. say that... Um, it's like primarily a sexual job uh like it well is, actually that's, that's a weird question is it primarily like an actual sort of stimulation having sex job or is it you know, a bit more than that oh no i think that all of it is psychological yeah. um i think it's all yeah i mean it's it has its weird fetishy components and it has its sexual nature to it and there's like there's definitely something inherently sexual about female domination um especially professionally um but no, I think it's at its core much more psychological, and it is about the physical sensation of getting off or mm-hmm. not getting off. Okay. So we should go through. Was it Slavid? Slavid. Yes. Okay. Uh, we should go through Slavid and your okay. relationship. Um, yeah. So Slavid and I have been on contract since 2016. Okay. So um, in contract. So on contract means that basically you write a slave contract, um, which for the most part is legally binding, but it's kind of more performative between the dom and sub of like mm-hmm. uh, I mean I don't think it would hold up in a court of law if I accidentally <laughs> killed him <laughs> right. uh, but I've never encountered that yet so it's fine cool um, is there like lawyers involved or is it just kind of between the two of you he is a lawyer which oh, okay. makes That's things handy. a lot easier yeah so um, and I have a house of corrupt notaries in Brooklyn who they're technically notaries in New Jersey but they sign off anything that I ever need notarized okay um, <clears throat> and it's fine enough um, so yes yeah, so we've been on contract for a while and things escalated pretty quickly uh, so now we're to the point where if I want, I can sell or give him away. Um, mm-hmm. I will be in his will as of this month. He has one tattoo of me and he's getting another one uh, at the end of this month, actually. I collect his entire salary and give him an allowance out of it. Um, and then we also have other like fun games to keep things more exciting and not so mundane. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. So that's a lot to go on. Yeah. it's. <laughs> um, so it's quite... Reading his blog, it's quite. It seems primarily f- like finance based. He it, has a major finance fetish, which. Um, okay. So what's a finance fetish? So financial domination gets this kind of bad rap of like, girls on Twitter asking men for money and calling yeah. them piggy. But there's just like I mean there's obviously inherent like there's so much control, 
Um, so him and I kind of share an accounting fetish. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of fun. Back in March, we did this game because we're in this like seven deadly sins series right now. So in March, we did a game where he had to like me, pay me $7 for every like on any selfie I posted on. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Either one of my Instagram uh, yeah, accounts. So there's like kind of the accounting fetish of like, for him, it's really fun sitting in a room and calculating how many likes I got in an entire month. And like the fact that he ended up having to pay me like 17 grand in a month. Fucking up. Um, so there's something sexy about that. Um, I mean, for him and you? Yeah, I mean, numbers are just so satisfying to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to just arbitrarily feel like you have control over someone and just like, oh, it's my sub. But like, there's something very sexy if you actually take a total of how much money this person is like giving you or how much you've gotten out of them or mm-hmm. whatever else it may be. Um, but it's also very sane. And there's a lot of precautions we take to make sure that I don't like... I mean, we're at the level of control where I've joked about making him sell his condo in Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> <laughs> and he did something stupid once and I threatened like via making an Instagram poll of like my slave was irresponsible with our money should I I think one of them was make him eat garbage for a few days the other option was make him sell his house and be homeless um, um, of course I wouldn't actually do that because I have so much control over him and we have such a trusting dynamic it's funny to threaten with things like that does he did he think you could you would do that um, I think so. He definitely voted on both of his accounts for eating garbage for a few days, <laughs> which he later followed through with and was very good on. Yeah, um, okay. So you think, so for you, it was, you don't think you would have done that? You know you wouldn't have done that? You don't think you would have done that? I was planning on just making it a threat. Um, I was going to add making me garbage, which I did, and that was actually kind of a top high for me that I was like, this man literally ate nothing but stuff he found in New York City garbage cans for four days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, which it also is like, at that point is when I decided he's almost like the Hitachi of men. Then I'm like, how can I have a regular dating life if this man is literally eating garbage? Because yeah. I said so. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's, so that's an interesting part. Like, so you're... Like, are you sort of... Do you see this as a kind of a primary relationship? Is it a work relationship? It definitely is a relationship. Um, yeah. So we're actually kind of at an issue and I need to... <clears throat> not let this happen as much but we're so involved that it's beyond a professional relationship although it is professional and he's really good at respecting that and understands i need to get paid for my time or like we have enough fun games um that like he's a part of my personal life as well as professional but like we have enough fun finance games that i'm still getting compensated for the time Mm -hmm. um and i'm also personally invested in him so like if i'm helping him try to do something like a potential change in career or house or anything like that i'm not going to be so um eager to charge him, like, to bill him for the time. Okay. Because I know that it's kind of cleared. Um, right. Yeah, so I'd say it's teetered into personal, which is, like... I should have had more boundaries there, but okay. I'm happy with how things are. Um, yeah. You can't let that happen too much, because then people get fucking insane. Right. Um, yeah. I had okay. an old lifestyle slave who I had to, like, get escorted out of my apartment by the police. Damn. Um, because, what, because boundaries are crossed too much, or...? So he was enslaved on my terrace for two weeks, which was kind of like, <laughs> shouldn't have done that anyway. But I, he was also a little bit out of his fucking mind. Mm. Um, he put me in his will after two weeks, and it was just a whole weird thing. Um, and he was unstable. Um, and then I had to get the cops to remove him from my apartment. Right. And they just basically hit on me, and then they had me cane him in front of them, which was... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. They were like... They made me cane him. They were like, do you want to give him one for the road? That at first I was Fuck. like, no. And then I was like... Okay, I can't pass up this story. Uh, and then I came to him a few times in front of, like, five cops. And then Fuck. they left, and then one of them came back, knocked on my door, and asked for my number. Shit. Which I only gave it to him because it's a funny story. It's a funny story. And it's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. more humiliating than anything I could craft in a scene for this yeah. man. And now, um, you're, now you're 
now he's your slave, right? Now you're contracted to him. Oh, no, he's, I don't talk to him anymore. Yeah, He'll okay. kind of hold, message me every few months uh, via email, but I've blocked his number and he's okay. stable. Yeah, so you don't want to let things get too personal, mm-hmm. which that was a professional slip-up on my end that I'm okay. thankful for. Okay. But so, so how long have you been doing this for? Um, just about two years. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of just a rabbit hole. As soon as I started dumbing professionally, yeah. I just like really got into it and then it all of a sudden it was like my sole income and Mm -hmm. so how did you fall into that how did you first Um, start doing it i had wanted to do it since i was pretty young actually Mm -hmm. uh but i didn't think it was an actual job you could have right um and then at one point i I think i applied to a dungeon when i was like 17 and they were like fuck off you're a child (laughs) (laughs) um reasonable and then uh after i got out of a breakup i was kind of trying to explore kink because it was a lot of kink shaming in that relationship uh, so I did the worst thing someone could do, which is... Do you guys use a FetLife here? Yeah, FetLife. Okay. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know, what's FetLife? FetLife is basically, like, the go-to um, sort of kink. It's like MySpace of kink. I say MySpace and not Facebook because the interface of it probably <laughs> hasn't been updated. It's pretty MySpace, Since, like, 1998. Yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, great place to meet people, and I've met several friends through FetLife and discovered a lot of my own fetishes. Yeah. So keep doing you, FetLife. Uh, but I put a personal ad on FetLife saying that I was trying to explore kink and was new to it. And that was the worst thing I could do because everyone in New York City was just sending me these, like, disgusting messages. Um, which I also am into the idea of, like, earned and willing submission and not just, like, uh, high slave girl. I'm just like, literally, fuck you. I don't even know yeah. if I'm submissive. Uh, so then I ended up kind of getting out of kink and then was just like, fuck it, I'm going to really try to go professional. Um, so I went to a very weird dungeon that used to exist in Manhattan out of an apartment building. Like, a high-end apartment building, but it was, like run by some Hells Angel biker guy. Um, So I made like $600 my first night, which was an insane amount of money to me at the time. Yeah. Uh, So wait, how old are you at this point? I was 21. Okay. Yeah, I was about to turn 22. No, I was, I just turned 22. Um, So I made a lot of money that night and then like thought it was really great and then didn't last at that dungeon very long because I was like, why am I giving them half of the money? Right. Uh, so then I left and then was kind of doing stuff independently, which is the point where I met Slavid. Um, and then eventually just went to the biggest dungeon in Manhattan and just stayed there for about a year or so. And then now I have my own place in Hell's Kitchen. Cool. And just kind of tour and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So this place in Hell's Kitchen then, what is it? It is a high-end dungeon space um, that I session out of almost all of my sessions, but I also see certain clients in hotels. Uh, we also rented out to other dominoes, other like porn performers if they want to shoot clips there anything like that um we've done some fashion shoots there mm-hmm. i prefer to not have vanilla people in the dungeon but um <laughs> yeah it's uh the wrong kind of energy it's a little weird and yeah. i'm just like get off of the stockade you don't know what you're doing there. Um, <laughs> some couples actually rent it like for pride weekend we have a lot of uh male male couples that are going to be using the space and i'm mm-hmm. happy to see them getting some use out of it mm. um but yeah it's a really nice gorgeous like luxury pretty private uh dungeon rental okay. um very discreet as well yeah so what's the what's in there then uh so we actually change up the room quite a bit and okay. then we might start renting out the equipment because we kind of bought too much because it's really easy to do when you're starting up a dungeon so we bought stockades um which realistically nobody ever really uses steel bondage uh there are a few cages there is a nice little couch and lounge area we have a bed that folds out for overnight rentals mm-hmm. i've never used that because it I don't like having it in the room. Um, okay. We have basically everything, all sorts of medical surprise, uh, medical supplies, um, basically everything except for cross-dressing stuff, because mm. I 
don't love sissy humiliation. Okay. And that I think that it like lies in some unhealthy um like it's I don't think it's shameful thing. to be a woman. Yeah. Um yeah. like I have no problem throat fucking someone with a strap on, but like, <laughs> I'm not gonna tell them it's embarrassing to wear a skirt. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um so yeah, it's basically just all sorts of like sadistic. I mean a Saint Andrew is all the basic dungeon equipment. Okay. Um Cool. So okay, so that's back home then. Yes. Um and now you're over here doing a tour. Yeah. Uh, just so, do you have clients like lined up before you get here? Um, so I have one client actually who I used to see in New York all the time, um, who moved to London and is not super far from here. So he was telling me that I should come here for a while and was like, "You can stay in my apartment." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but like, I'll see you when I get there." Um, and then otherwise, you can just advertise on certain websites. Um, it's actually almost easier to tour at this point than it is to. I mean. Advertising in New York is kind of a mess right now. Um, and, like, backpaging Craigslist being gone is kind of annoying for touring. That is oh, an okay. expat dom. It's kind of nice to... But, yeah, so it was a struggle in Germany because the website I use is all in German. Oh, okay. And I <laughs> don't speak German. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, touring's not too hard. You have to, like, do your research beforehand on where to advertise. Um, and then you just look up dungeon rentals or you rent a really nice place if you want to do in calls which mm-hmm. is a little bit more dangerous but i typically take the risk okay um although london has phenomenal dungeons if anyone listening would like to yeah um, yeah do you want to name drop some uh there i mean if you google it there's several the serpent rooms are nice but they prefer longer bookings um there's a lot mm-hmm. like i would say london and berlin probably have the most okay. avalon studios in berlin is amazing uh and they also have like sort of kink b&bs mm. which i stay away from because i like want to escape the dungeon sometimes right um yeah and not stay like where i just possibly made someone bleed (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah so um so how much of like this stuff does does it kind of does it bleed into your own sex life is it is it all part of the same or is there like a kind of you know switch on switch off kind of thing um it's definitely not a switch on switch off kind (laughs) of thing uh it definitely bleeds into everything but i also feel like i'm much more of a switch in real life um, so sometimes I'll be having sex and I'll be very dominant with people, um, who didn't necessarily ask for that, but they're usually fine with it. Like, um, and then sometimes I completely shut it off and I'm just super submissive mm-hmm. sexually, which people okay. are always like, how do you <laughs> do your job? Um, but yeah, I think it's important to switch. You appreciate more of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that like a conscious switch or it just kind of happens? Um, no, it's not a conscious switch at all. It's mm-hmm. just whether or not... I mean, also, I think that, like, sort of kind of primarily fighting for power is very fun. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of that in my regular sex life. Okay. Um, so were you were you kind of that way inclined before you signed up? You said you wanted to do this from you were super yes. young. Um, well, I just thought the idea of, like, humiliating men was really... When I was, like... I mean, not super young, but maybe, like, 16, 17. Um, I just thought of, like, the idea of... I liked the aesthetic and the outfits and latex and PVC... Um, and just the idea of, like, yelling at men and humiliating them and making them do really weird shit. Um, and kind of creative humiliation appealed. Um, yeah, I had no idea that I was so kinkly inclined, I don't think, Mm. until I kind of started exploring this. Okay. Um, yeah, for a while I thought I was a sub, and then I realized that I'm... I have submissive fantasies, but I can't submit very easily. Okay. Um. Okay. So that's kind of cool then. You're kind of you're literally laying on the job then. You're you're getting paid to like I'm you know open doors paid. for yourself. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And then it's also fun because I feel like I have friends in my regular life who are like, I'll literally flog them and it's like the biggest deal to them and I'm like, oh that took no energy for me. Okay. And it's just like it's kind of fun 
sort of guiding people through exploring their own kinks as well and kind of educating people yeah to the best of my ability yeah i guess that's where the kind of life coach sex coach thing kind of comes in yeah yeah okay so for someone who maybe has never had a session before yes like i'm guessing you can probably kind of sniff those guys out yes uh, <laughs> what would you say like they they should expect in like a, a kind of first session um, like they call you up and they're like i'm kind of nervous but i've always want to try this what's your like go-to kind of typically i try to talk to them like um as myself like as dolly rather than alice and we'll try to you know not have the whole dominant personality yeah personality going on um, which helps make them comfortable. I let them know that there's no sex because it's always very awkward when someone expects to um, book a session and for BD like an escorting thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, typically I'll talk them through it and say, what are you interested in? What are your limits? Um, and then I feel like for beginners, I kind of have usually some sort of bondage and like a lot of kind of psychological tease and denial and yeah. whatever else it may be. I also sometimes, or usually, will let beginners come just because I feel like they're expecting to. Okay. And then, as the relationship progresses, I get much meaner with that. Right. Um, so when you say like letting them come, is and, but it's not a sexual thing. Is it you doing it? Is it them doing it? Oh no! So if it's ever me doing it, it's with a vibrator. It's like a forced orgasm thing. Okay. Um, the Hitachi, which I don't think you guys have in Europe, which is a shame. We have a version of it. Okay. I know that if you plug the American one in here, it, it blows a floor on like a hotel. It does. Uh, power box. Yeah. It's, um, it's no good. I made the mistake in Copenhagen, and it was yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I actually cried. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can use the Hitachi, which also a lot of people don't realize that you can use on men, which is insane mm -hmm. to me because it works remarkably well. Right. Um, or you can make them master. Like, I mean, there's kind of a fun power dynamic to like you filing your nails and making them drink off to the side into a dog bowl and maybe eating it or not. Or like, okay. um, or you can do it in a more sensual way of like, you've taken a lot from me, now you deserve an orgasm. Okay. Um, which are, that's like the nicest scenario. Yeah. So um, did you kind of read that like at the time or do you agree on it beforehand? Oh no, I never agreed on it beforehand. Okay. Um, Is that a rule? No, no, not explicitly. Mm. I just would never, I don't like expectations and I don't like people knowing that they're, or like I wouldn't want somebody waiting for that part of the session. So yeah. I will never say it beforehand, but okay. I typically let newbies come. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so where can people find you if they're looking up, looking for a session um, while you're out here? My website is ladyblackwell.com. Um, Instagram is just Mr. Salas with no spaces. My website and email are the best ways to go about contacting me. Okay. Um, also, any sort of sex workers of any sort who are looking to like learn more about touring and safety precautions in touring, I'm pretty well seasoned in that, and I'm happy to help women out. Cool. Um, yes. All right. I there think you go. more sex workers should take advantage of that perk. Mm, totally. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks. Of course. Thank you for having me. What are you afraid of? All right. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really, really means a lot to me that you have gone out your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their weird sex stories um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye